Welcome again to the Heads Up Podcast. In this episode, I'm speaking with Duncan Williams, the former Munster scrum half with a 10-year career with the province. He made his debut against Connacht in 2009 and retired at the end of the 2018-19 season. In this episode, we're going to talk about his career and his experiences with concussion while he was playing rugby. Thanks for coming on board, Duncan. No matter, glad to, glad to be here. I wouldn't say stalwart, but yeah, the scrum cap as well. That's actually, it was, wasn't more to do with concussion, more to do with uh, I was in fifth or sixth year of school. I got a, a terrible cauliflower here, so yeah. I was like, my looks are too good at the time. So I was like, no, nah, I have to start wearing a scrum cap. Keep it on. I was, was, yeah. it, was, it, was it the same one you had all the way through? Because it, I did. I actually had it for, I'd say, probably... I had it from about six year till only about two or three years ago. It was actually we were playing um I think we were playing Ospreys in Musgrave Park and they had a kick a goal and I was standing behind the post and Ian Davies the lines that looked at me and he goes, You really need a new scrum cap No, it was it wasn't tatters and that so at that point I decided, Jesus, even if the touch show's giving it to me I might as well get a new one. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Got rid of it after about thirteen years and got a new one. Yeah, yeah, it was, it, yeah. It was, it was. Uh, I, I, I thought it was kind of some uh, superstitious thing or some sort of. Uh, yeah, I would be fairly superstitious. So I tend to get. I pack my bag the exact same way. I get dressed the exact same order. Yeah. Uh, I don't get rid of stuff unless it's literally gone. <laughs> so, just to get things going, would, would you mind giving me, you know, an overview of of your career? You know, where you played, and then I guess just the eventual reasons for you uh, retiring. Trying to go all the way back to the start when I was very smaller. I don't know, just from schools. You obviously played a lot of schools rugby. Played, I was in Christians in Cork. So I played uh, played fairly hectically there. And also, you know, I was always playing the year above me or whatever. So I'd have training Monday, Tuesday, match Wednesday, training Thursday, match Saturday. And that could have been done for pretty much four or five years when I was in there. Then went down and played, obviously, Munster schools, played Irish schools. So then that was, once the cup tournaments were over Europe or competitions were over you were playing with the Irish school boys training every weekend up in Dublin then left school went to UCC and was playing 20s there for a year and went to the 21s World Cup then in France in 2006 came back and played another year at UCC sorry it was a year after I played year 20s then went played stay with UCC played another year senior then went to the 21s World Cup and then uh, moved on to play with Cod and all that time, obviously, I was in the academy and uh, training at Munster. And I think I moved to full-time contract maybe in 2009 or 2010. So, yeah, and then obviously when when I was able, if I wasn't playing at Munster, I was back playing with Khan. And those, obviously, if rules changing and the number of contract players that were low play and stuff, you're kind of came to the options then if they had to pick certain numbers and it was, couldn't have two forwards, backs or whatever. So it was, uh, you know, the odd time you missed out, there was no games for you. So basically, there was that time there. If you weren't getting a game from Munster and Khan couldn't village in, you were pretty much playing nothing, which can be quite frustrating. Looking back, I suppose you're kind of frustrated at the fact that you have to go back and play with your club when you, all you want to be doing is playing with the senior, with the Munster senior team. But then, I suppose looking at it now, when you're not playing any rugby, you know, any rugby is better than nothing. And I think sometimes, especially people who are my age, kind of got lost in that, and maybe still to an extent, because I think. As I said, playing any bit of rugby is, is massively beneficial and 
just training and, and not play matches because sure, that give you that mental sharpness and that, that sharpness in games. So I think if I was to go back, I would more positive to the outlook of if I'm not getting my game, I need to go back and work my club for a couple of weeks and, and try and get back in there. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 a tough balance, isn't it? You know, as you said, you know, you're you're kind of caught between two stools, you know, between between the the actual professional outfit and and then and then the club as well. You know, there's, there's yeah, I I, I particularly think it's relevant to younger lads. Obviously, like say, obviously, when you get to my age of twenty nine or thirty, when I was kind of last couple of years, it's, it's maybe not, but I think for those lads, especially some front rows. I remember Stephen Archer only played a couple of years ago there for Con and then once the senior cup, maybe three three years ago and. Uh, like I think a lot of those, particularly front rows, are like you know you come up against some wily veterans, some tough, tough nuggets, and it's uh, I think it, it only stands them in, in the future. Mm. Yeah, like like how how are you at the minute? I mean, like how how's your body? Um, you know, any old uh, legacy issues? You know, hips, ankles, or knees, <laughs> or anything like that? No, not really. I'd have I generally would have the best back in the world. I, I tend to have a fairly tight lower back, so it would cause me a lot of trouble. But um, Overall, no, obviously, the aches and pains, it takes me a couple of minutes in the morning to get going. I get up first, try and go down the stairs, the old ankles and knees. Um, I had a few procedures over the years. I got my hip cleaned out, I've had my shoulder done a couple of times, like the cruciate, but like you see other fellas that are that are struggling massively, I don't have, you know, I don't walk with a limp, I don't, uh, you know, I can lift both my arms over my head, I'm not like one of these lads who's massively uh, debilitated as a result of it, so... I suppose I, I am fairly lucky. I'm still I played with Khan last year. Um, I'm looking to land again this year. So was that's a good indicator that my body is still, still, still able. Mm. Whether the mind is willing, I don't know, but the body's able. And, uh, <laughs> that's half the battle, isn't it? You know, just just trying exactly. to just trying to convince yourself to go back out again. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly, for sure. I, was, I enjoyed it last year, so it's. Um, I think it was good for me, and I hope the I like to think the club got a bit of benefit out of me playing as well. So. No, because it can be quite hard transitioning from, I suppose, all I did for, I've never actually had a proper job in my life. I just played rugby for, for 15 years as, as my job. So it was, uh, you know, transitioning from that into, into the real world, it gave me a good, a good outlet. How, how did you find that as a matter of interest? How did you find the kind of, you know, I've heard a lot of uh, ex-players call it the bubble and, you know, that you, you're, you're, you're in that group, that really tight group of, of uh, you span the brothers and then suddenly, you know, it all changes. It's always the bigger, bigger names talk about this bubble, but I wasn't fortunate enough to be one of these bigger names that got picked every week. I was guaranteed to be picked every week. So, like, my week consisted of dreading the team announcement Tuesday, Wednesday, if it was going to be in or not. I could never relax and say, geez, I know I'm going to be in it this week or whatever. So, and obviously, quite clearly, my last year was from October onwards, I wasn't going to be involved. So, I had, I suppose, six or, six or seven months to make my peace with it. Yeah, like I had, uh, I got back to college and I'd done a degree and I'd done my master's, so I was, um, you know, I was fairly happy where I was was at. And uh, I decided I'd just take a couple of months off, that I wasn't going to get too stressed about it. Um, spent a lot of time going to West Cork, my family. Kind of, I managed to get a job relatively quickly, so I had a job lined up for October, started in October, and I also had agreed to go to Bermuda for the classics. So right. that was in November, so I knew I'd get a couple of good weeks work and then managed to get off for ten days to Bermuda. So. Um, but I kept myself busy as well. I was still training away. You know, I was training with Khan, even though I wasn't planning on playing originally. So yeah, look, I, I took up, went back playing tennis. So I used to play tennis a couple of times a week with my brother, uh, former player Tom Gleason as well. We used to play the other time when he's obviously a doctor now, when he's, when he was on his days off, we'd, we'd go and play tennis for a couple of hours as well. So I think the main thing is keeping yourself busy. And yeah. as I said, I, I met a lot of people as well about opportunities and trying to see what was out there. 
how do you think my previous uh, studies would suit me going into the working world and what kind of areas would suit me. So it was, yeah, I think like, as long as it keeps it busy, it's like obviously when you're training, you're up at eight, you're up for probably in there for eight o'clock in the morning, you don't finish the half five. So I think this habit of grandstanding in bed one day to get a lion, but if you end up doing that every day of the week, it just becomes a bad habit. You can easily slip into it. So I made a concept, obviously, of it. A child who was only a year at the time as well, so I was kept on my toes, so there wasn't any lions going anyway. Definitely kept yourself busy, you know, just just by the yeah. sounds of it. So, um, you know, and as you said, you had, you had a bit of a time to come to peace with the whole decision and you know move on and just just look at the options and I, I yeah. guess quite wisely maintain studies and you some sort of a, a buffer once you once yeah. you get out of it. I, I think the hard thing is actually that obviously June everyone finishes in June. It's when everyone goes back training in July. That's when your kind of uh, your support network disappears. So obviously, with everyone think, everything being in Limerick now, anyway, there's not many lads living in Cork. So obviously, Billy, Stephen Archer, Peter O'Mahony, James Cronin's uh, here a bit as well. So I would have met then a little bit over the summer. Mm-hmm. What I was saying, keep myself busy. You now I was still going for two or three over coffees with the lads. Yeah, well, yeah, so yeah, it wasn't, yeah, yeah. Uh, it wasn't flat out working or anything like. But uh, yeah, look, as I said, it's kind of even I was training away with them for a bit in June. It did a bit, and then. Obviously, they go back training in July, and you're left doing it by yourself, so it can be quite oh shit. Mm. This is a call forward, like, but yeah, as I said, it was I wouldn't get too bogged down. And so I was, as in my wife was fairly up as well, and yeah. my family live in Cork, our family live in Cork. I have a lot of friends in Cork, so it was outside of rugby, so it was, it was, I was, I suppose, in a better position than some may have been. Just, just coming on to your experience with, you know, concussion. I mean, where you played, you know, there's going to be a lot of. A lot of large human beings coming at you. I mean, did did you experience you know any concussions during your your, your playing career? Yeah, I actually had quite a few. So I would have got my first one probably would have been in school in fifth year. It was actually playing with Munster schools against Leinster up in uh, Corkhan. There was a ball thrown out on the ground, and I was going down it, and the guy kind of came through, and I was in a five minutes later, he kind of came through, and I was standing there trying to take a quick tap, and the doctor was like getting me off the pitch and stuff. So. For that to be my first experience with concussion, it was quite scary. Most my family as well would have been. I was only 16 at the time, so it can be quite, uh, quite frightening. Gee, I've had a few, as I said, I had a few in school. I got one the following year, then against Leicester Schools again. Donny Brook, then just throughout my career, once was all I would have had. Probably total five or six. I'd say I had one last year before I finished up, and I had one the previous year as well. I, I think a lot of it was actually coming from damage that was done to my neck so I was ended up getting a lot I ended up getting vertigo from it as well which was um, sort of tightness in my neck and so yeah I ended up getting treated for that and that kind of helped because the symptoms seemed to be persisting for a while but like I felt fine but it was just as soon as I was like if I was feeding my child and my arms looking down to them or if I was driving the car and moving mm-hmm. my head about a lot I noticed it was getting coming on so I was kind of getting dizzy spells and my, my neck because when the, so I said the last one happened Friday all day Saturday I was grand Sunday I was fine and then one day I was driving to Limerick and my neck started getting sore and next thing all of a sudden dizzy spells started coming on so I was kind of saying to lads look at obviously I did get a concussion but I think the actual issues are coming from my neck so like you could see it straight away if I got treated on my neck the symptoms would die down for a couple of hours next thing they come back again so it was uh, quite a complex injury for someone Something that can be straightforward. People just take a bang to the head, you know, resulting concussion. But some of those can be referring from other other issues. And like, I mean, how's you know? Do you still have vertigo now at this stage, or is is, is it? Yeah. Something? So like, if I don't keep on tap my neck, now it kind of gets a bit tight. Especially now I'm working from home. Laptop, my posture would be the best. So uh, even if I'm kind of working out, not 
kind of doing a bit of mobility and stretching before and after tightens up a bit and I can feel it coming on you get a bit lightheaded and stuff but as I said if I, I like I do a bit of self massage stuff it, mm. it goes away you can feel it, feel it straight away you mentioned that you were experiencing dizzy spells you know there seemed to be a bit of a delayed onset as well with, with your symptoms yeah. what other kind of symptoms did you have or did you have and typically kind of how long did they persist with you yeah you see that was a strange because any other concussion I had really I did didn't really have any symptoms, you know. I never had like headaches, I never had dizzy spells, I never had like the next couple of days, never had like sensitivity to light, all that stuff, never overly tired or anything, could always eat, wasn't mm. nauseous or anything. So, for what that gave me confidence that, like, obviously, the blow I got the last time was I, I was into the neck as well. So, like, you could go back to that, that like when I did get a concussion, that I tended not to have these symptoms. So, it kind of gave me confidence that, you know, I was referred from my neck. Um, and then obviously once I got a bit of treatment done it, I noticed that the, the improvement I was making and I was said to, I went to specialist down in Newcastle West for the vertigo, which had massively you know, gave me a routine to do in the morning that would basically the vertigo was brought on by a lot of crystals getting loose in your eardrum or your, I can't remember the finer details I know, but to reset them all in the morning and uh, you, I could see the benefit in that straight away as well. So from that point, I, I could see that it was working. Okay. From from your own point of view, um, like, did you ever see anybody, you know, experience a concussion or your own experience that it wasn't a direct blow to the head, that it wasn't something that was a, a smack to the temple or, or, or a blow to the chin or something like that? Yeah, not particularly. No, I got one in the mouth before, right? That over in Coventry, not me cold as well. Yeah, but I don't really remember anyone in particular getting one from like that wasn't either neck head or chin, as you said. Yeah. Okay. From your own experience and just what you know, do you think if you do experience a concussion that you are more prone to experiencing other concussions in your career? As in, like, years later? Or? Oh, yeah. Well, you, you, you just become more susceptible, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I suppose you see over the years that people who have had concussions seem to get them more often and the fellas who haven't really. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I would be able to, to give a definite answer on that. But... Um, you know, maybe, like as I said, my issue was a neck issue, so who's to say if I got another bang in the neck that I wouldn't trigger it again? Uh, I don't know, from that, from that point of view, yeah, maybe, but as in terms of direct blows to the head or whatever, I couldn't give you a definite answer. Where do you think we are now in terms of the whole discussion around around the topic? Do you think we're gone, you know, so far to the right that we're overly sensitised to it? Are we somewhere in the middle in terms of, yeah, we're having the right level of conversation, or do you think there's a a fair bit more to to discover and to discuss. Yeah, I think the conversations are going the right way. Like as I did a bit of research on concussion myself as part of my own dissertation. So like there is no definite test for concussion. They can only like what they do is just to give you a, a guideline if there if there is a concussion or not. So it's hard to as a, it's so hard to diagnose. It's hard to tell. But I think people are going the right direction and take be more cautious about it. Like the, the whole culture around it has changed. I would have remembered years ago it was kind of a you know, if a guy got up and staggered, it was nearly played in front of a meeting as, as a bit of a gag, like, you know, laughing at him. But it is a bit more serious. And I, I part of the game last year where I called the doctor and told this fellow to go off, like, that he exactly had a bang in the head and stuff. Like, so I think, like, even the refs are more in line with it now as well. You can see, even in the freshman game, some some refs are demanding guys go off for HIAs and stuff. Um, so I think it is going the right way. I think there is more need to be done, but I think 
from where we were, I think it is it is going the right direction. What was your own experience with um, the on-field management in terms of just identification and removal? You know, do you think there was aligned protocols uh, between, say, coaching, medical, and the SNC staff? The last couple of years, definitely. Yeah, I think before, like as I said, all all my career, to probably at Stafford wasn't so much. It wasn't such a hot topic where people have kind of done more research into. It. Now it seems to be people are kind of catching on that it is a serious injury. It's not this thing just to be discarded. Like it is a serious matter after all. It, it is your brain, and it's a serious brain injury. So uh, as I said, I think the culture is going the right way. Yeah, look, I think from my experience the last couple of years, the, the like the medical staff and everything were on top of it, and I suppose obviously with this new with all the replays and stuff, and yes, is there a fellow in the crowd now that keeps an eye out? So like can't really get away with anything so I think you know, if there's any doubt someone's off straight away it's not medical use, medic use command and have a discussion they have to kind of nearly talk away and say oh I'm fine I'm fine it's kind of if in doubt he's gone off straight away so it's, it's out of the player's hand like, if you leave in the player's hands they're going to say they're fine and try and play on every time so I would like obviously teammates have their role play and say this guy isn't right get him off but you know, you can come to any final final is it easy for a fellow to say that if he's one of the top players I don't know yeah that's, that's the debate isn't it um, yeah. You mentioned there that it was a concussion that you did as part of your uh, your dissertation. I mean, what what do you think? Are there any long term health effects or well being effects from multiple concussions? Yeah, I think there. Well, it has been shown. I suppose you look at all the American footballers between the CTE and you know, a lot of those. Uh, there's been a few committed suicide over the years and shot themselves in the chest for their brains to be scanned. I'm not saying that we're as bad as like American footballers used to leave with their heads. Basically, rattle helmets off each other. Where we have a bit more, I suppose, our technical technique would be a bit more, would be a bit tighter than theirs. Whereas there's a bit more, I suppose, uh, a bit of a free for all, really. And I know they've put rules in place to try and uh, reduce the, the risk of that as well. But um, yeah, look, I think uh, obviously as a young child, we're taught how to tackle correctly, put your head in the right area. Um, that's obviously not the case in American football. Um, but I think there is definitely long term effects, as you can see, people struggle with. Maybe depression, you know, memory loss, uh, blackouts, stuff like that. So it's there obviously is long term issues with it, and can be quite frightening, I suppose. Mm. And you just mentioned at the top of it, you were a, a scrum cap aficionado yeah. there for 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 your entire time. What's your thoughts on that in terms of you know scrum caps, uh, mouse guards? You know, do do you think they mitigate against the effects of impact or brain injury? Yeah, I think. Well, I think mouse guard certainly has a quite an important role to play scrum cap I'm not sure about the studies referring to that and prevention of concussion because I remember years ago they say that the scrum cap used to actually create a bigger surface area which was more likely for you to get a bang in the head then as a result but I don't know is that the old scrum caps that were a bit bigger now they're obviously quite lightweight and thin how much protection is in them I don't know I just got in the habit of wearing it and I suppose once you get in the habit of wearing something like that, it's kind of hard to get out. But even after training, your head would be killing you, just be rubbing up against you, you know, that kind of... Mm. From that point, I don't know what the studies are in terms of scrum caps and prevention of, of injury, of uh, concussion, or risk of concussion. Like, if you were, you know, allowed to make some sort of law changes, you know, tomorrow morning, to mitigate against injury risk or concussion risk, is, is there anything that you'd... Yeah, it's kind of hard to say, really. Like, I think they have kind of gone the right, right way, obviously, Joe clamping down and players been taken out in the air I think that itself can be a bit they get that round up the other time as well I think they're a bit overly strict obviously it needed to be looked at I think the high tackles they're trying to now reduce the height of the tackle to below the hip is it mm. I don't know I can't see that going out 
like that being um, obviously within reason but like I think a good chest tackle is fine also but um, yeah I, I don't know I suppose the breakdown can be a bit reckless you know especially if someone going and approaching and clean out there quite susceptible not only to concussion but you know you see fellas tearing hamstrings off the bone by getting cleared out or legs getting caught knees you know, you look at Dan Levy those kind of lads there like an injured doing that yeah I, I don't know what they've tried certain things and I think they're they are looking at all the avenues, but I, I just don't know what. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not a living site that needs to be contacted. I don't think you can get rid of all the all the risk. Is, is it possible to get rid eradicate fully from the game? So I think as long as people are playing rugby, there's going to be a risk of, play, of concussion. It's the same with any contact sport. Like I think there's a risk of concussion at all times. Yeah, you can hurl a football, I'm sure. That is going shoulder to shoulder, jumping in the air, clattering at each other. There's just a, a bigger risk as well. They just don't. Tackle the way we do it, they don't break down, but perhaps it's just as risky. Yeah, it's, it's a fair point. I mean, there's there's a lot of impact, a lot of uh, large human beings, you know, playing Gaelic football as well, and yeah. know, a lot of really high quality athletes playing, you know, hurling and camogie as well. So, like, there's, there's there's lots of you know, there's there's lots of impacts there too, I guess. Yeah, well, one of the things I as, as I said, I did concussion for my dissertation, and it was kind of like basic recommendations how to reduce the risk, and uh, I was saying like. Obviously, if you coach people to use evasion and pass the ball more, uh, the likelihood of contact areas is going to be less. Obviously, if they move the ball more, there's going to be more open space and the less con- condensed areas for contact as well. So, I think as at a young age, we're not kind of really taught how to, you know, evade people properly between sidestepping swerves or whatever. And certainly, passing is not practiced at level is down in Southern Hemisphere. Say, you know, you you look here. If the kid is big, he's giving the ball and told to run over everyone. Whereas I've no doubt New Zealand, they're, yes, they have to run over people, but they're encouraged to pass the ball and develop those skills. So I think if you have those skills as a young age growing up, you know, the less likelihood of, of contact will reduce the risk of injury in general. Yeah, very fair points. Um, you know, the, you know, those skills of evasion, Eddie Jones was talking about it during the week uh, as well, just about you know, trying to make the game faster and, yeah. and, and, and just develop those kind of skills. Like just on that, I mean, do you think you know clubs themselves, you know, they got a responsibility to retire players, or it's they should even have any kind of responsibility in in that space? Just in terms of you know, if there's you obviously finished up professional rugby and it was it was over, there was a lot of other pro players as well. They just finish and it and it ends. Um, do you think that they should kind of maintain some sort of a contact or? Access to testing or access to specialists or anything like that once they yeah well, you have, well as part of your contract you have a year medical cover to get anything you need it sorted no obviously if it's concussion related long term side effects a year is only going to get you so far but I'd like to think if there was an issue like that that they would they would take care it's not it's not they're not contracted or anything but I think if someone was seriously struggling like that that they would provide help with them but uh, as I said I, I haven't been in a position where I've needed to follow that up so. Uh, I can't give you a definite answer on that. Listen, man, great talking to you. You know, really, no, really, really, really enjoyed the chat. Thanks for contributing, and um, you know, best of, best of luck with the the new career. The new career being a dad. <laughs> There's no escape now. <laughs>